are listening to Masks Off with host and life coach Kim Gross. My goal is to help people to go from people pleasing and perfectionism to powerful. I help you to uncover these patterns, own your shit, and remove these masks to live a more empowered life using my five step power pathway that takes you from people pleaser and perfectionist to powerful. Let's drop into this week's episode. Welcome everybody to another episode of Masks Off. I'm Kim Gross and today I have with me Jessica Hyatt and I'm going to share with you a quote that Jessica shared with me and then we'll see what that quote means to her. The quote is by Wes Watson and it is, we don't rise to our goals we fall to the strength and comprehension of our system. We must clarify and strengthen our system through repetition. Sitting, waiting, and regretting is much harder than doing. So welcome, Jessica. Thanks so much for being here. Oh my God, that is such a powerful freaking quote. What does that mean to you? And why did you choose that one? Thank you so much. Well, that quote just embodies everything about me and everything that I teach my personal training clients that these daily habits and, and commitments we have to ourselves and our, and our own process gives us that personal power, that sense of confidence that we are always looking for. And, you know, in the past, maybe I looked for those things outside of myself from other people, but creating these rituals for myself, I'm able to just find it within. Mm, That's awesome. Love it. So tell us a little bit, you just mentioned a little bit, you're a personal trainer. And what else would you like to share with the audience about yourself? Um, yeah, so I'm I'm building my personal training business right now for the second time. I did it probably six or seven years ago, but went through a really horrible, abusive marriage and kind of shut things down for a while. And I've done enough healing from that whole situation that it's opened up the feeling I'm compelled now to get that back out into the world and integrate a whole lot more than just, you know, the fitness and the nutrition, but everything else I learned along the way, healing in my own journey from abuse. And I just want to help other women go through that process as well. Awesome. So you already just started sharing vulnerably. So yes. I can tell that you're going to say yes to the next question anyway. And, and I want to say though, before I ask that question, one thing is that, so I've been watching your videos and following you and you're on TikTok, and I see you on Instagram and on Facebook. And what I do love about what you're doing is that while on the one hand, you are talking about fitness and you're talking about nutrition and you show 
videos for different exercises, but you are bringing in this whole other component that's so freaking important, which is the mental, emotional part of it, like what women are going through. And oftentimes, like all of that shit can get in the way of us doing what the quote says, because we're so overwhelmed and flooded by what's going on in our lives that the last thing that we do is take care of ourselves from a fitness nutrition standpoint. So I think you're, you're really bringing in the whole gamut. You're addressing the body, you're addressing the mind and the spirit. And that to me is like really unique. That's a unique trademark for a personal trainer. When I think of personal trainers, I just think about like exercise and diet and nutrition. So I love that you're bringing this into the world. So that's great. Awesome for you. Thank you. Now, are you ready to take off your mask and be vulnerable? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Let's take off our masks. So you mentioned a couple of things. You talked about your relationship that you were in six years ago. You talked about abuse and things of that nature, but because you are also a personal trainer and what all the things that I just mentioned, how do you feel that perfectionism gets in the way of people sticking to their goals even? I think I think people get an ideal. They get attached to, let's say, the really superficial piece of it of, I need to weigh this certain number on the scale and they're so attached to getting to that number and they're so attached to having their body look a certain way. And, you know, that's perfect for them. That's the perfect ideal physique that they want. It becomes unattainable and they ignore everything else that's necessary in order to get to their ideal physique because if you just feel bad about yourself all the time and you're constantly um, saying these self-deprecating thoughts to yourself all the time it's just self-sabotage it's like a vicious cycle of I want to be this size but I'm not good enough so I might as well eat and you just get stuck in this negative feedback loop and it's all just a distraction from feeling your real feelings and taking accountability for who you are right now. Yeah. And you know what, when you and I had a conversation before I talked about my own story, which is just that, like it used to be this all or nothing kind of thinking and Well, first of all, was it, it might've been after I had my first child. So I was probably 30 ish and I had put on all this weight from being pregnant. So I went to Weight Watchers and that was awful because like, I mean, I understand the concept behind it and this is old Weight Watchers. This is way back. They have really come a long way. And I understand why you go in and get weighed every week because the accountability piece, but when you're struggling 
with perfectionism, the way that I struggled every time I got on the scale to get weighed, if I went up like just a half a pound and half a pound can be for so many number of reasons, right? Like I could have really probably done well all week long, but if the scale showed that I went up this half a pound, which it did many times, it was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go home. I felt so frustrated, so disappointed like how can a scale define how I feel about myself? But it did. And it does for so many people. I know so many people that weigh themselves every single day. Mm -hmm. And if it's not saying what you want it to say, then there's this all or nothing mentality, which is perfectionism. Okay. Then I'm not, you know what, now I'm not going to go to the gym at all. You know what? Now I'm just going to eat a whole half a gallon of ice cream, which is what I would do sometimes. Might as so, well. <laughs> any thoughts on that piece of it? And and do you, do you have any of that kind of story from from your past? For sure. So like the first the first half. So the first half of my fitness journey, I guess, it was very perfectionism based. I was obsessed. I was a a bikini competitor. I was a personal trainer. So I was literally being judged on how perfect my body looked in a swimsuit. And I got into that, that mindset of, I have to be perfect. I have to be um, what the judges are looking for. And if I'm not, like if I gained an ounce, I would beat myself up and, punish myself with cardio and even more restricted eating and when you do that it has a rebound effect your body your metabolism slows down even more and it's even more of a struggle and then it's just that negative feedback loop again but honestly I was so codependent at the time I'd spent my entire childhood and up until that point in self-love deficit disorder, just constantly trying to prove myself and be validated by everyone around me, never within myself. Like looking within was not anything I ever did. And honestly, through that second marriage, all of that was stripped away. He literally destroyed all that identifying with that perfect image I had. And it was the best thing that ever happened. Can you say more about how that, how he destroyed that? Yeah. Um, he's narcissist. And I know that's a really flippant term that people throw around a lot these days, but I'm pretty positive if he went to a psychiatrist, he would be diagnosed mm -hmm. as narcissistic personality disorder and possibly sociopath. Mm -hmm. He's very, very sick. Um, gaslighting constantly. Mm -hmm. And we went through a period in 2016, it was like the peak of the abuse where for a three month period, he literally terrorized me with physical abuse, mental abuse, 
um, emotional abuse, financial abuse. He took control of all the money. I was being monitored on cameras in our home 24 seven. It was, it was so destructive. Like it just, it broke me as far as you can be broken down before, you know, suicide. That's the point I got to, but I, I tell the story a lot. I was dead inside. I got to a point where I was dead inside and it really was the death of that person. I used to be that codependent enabler doing everything for everyone. Cause I got to this point with him at the end of those three months where I was like, there is never gonna be enough like I am never going to be able to do enough to get you to stop this yeah it's never ever gonna stop and to get to that point was like holy shit (laughs) maybe it's not me (laughs) maybe it's him yes yes and so that that point started me on this journey of like um, self-awareness, self-discovery, spiritual awakening. I just went down this totally different path away from that external validation, but I had to go through all that pain in order to get there. Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and really taking off your mask. I think it's really helpful when we can really share that those deep wounds and that deep pain, because there are so many people out there that are feeling it, you know, and experiencing it and feeling like, at least when they hear you share, like I'm not alone. So that's so important to share that story and share that message. So thank you Mm -hmm. for that. And you said like you had to go through the pain and I totally agree that you have to go through the pain to get to the other side. And then the other thing is that you said, okay, well, I understand now, like it's not me. It could be him. And you came to that realization. So first of all, I would, I guess I would ask prior to that, did you feel like it was your fault and you were the one to blame, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, so all this happened in 2016, but what triggered it is I actually cheated on him. Hmm. I didn't, I didn't have sex with the guy, but I went on a girl's trip to Vegas and we hung out with a bunch of guys at the pool and then hung out with them the rest of the day. And I ended up making out with one of them. Yeah. And I felt so much shame like the deepest shame you could ever imagine I was so just beside myself and my friend told me she's like don't tell him don't confess it's not that big a deal you're never gonna do it again but I couldn't I couldn't not tell him because I felt so bad and I was like how did we get to a point in our marriage that I'd be okay doing that Mm, yep we need we need to work on this like our marriage is in trouble yeah I did this thing but obviously our marriage is not doing well if I'm at this point 
And so I did, I came home and I told him and I did not know what narcissistic rage or even narcissist was prior to this. Mm -hmm. I had no clue about any of that. And I, so I confessed and it triggered an episode of narcissistic rage in him that lasted that, that three months. So he used, he used my own shame against me to terrorize me and abuse me for that three months. And when I've, when I've talked to like therapists and other people about this now, after the fact, they've said it was not me cheating on him that actually caused that rage. Like that was his finally the opportunity for him to let all that come out. Yeah. And so, but yeah, that shame that I felt that I started with and then he used that. And so that whole three months was just the most shameful, rotten, like, and that's probably why I put up with it for three full months because I thought I deserved it. I was like, well, I did this thing. I ruined our relationship. It's all on me. It's all me, 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 me. And he used that. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? And, And that's an interesting point because when a person uses guilt on another person, it's such a powerful weapon. Right. And, and that's what often a narcissist will do is use that guilt and that gaslighting to control another. Mm-hmm. And then what ends up happening for the person on the other side or the codependent is, and this is what it sounds like you were experiencing is that it comes down to what Brene Brown says all the time. The difference between guilt and shame is guilt is okay, I may have done something wrong or bad by cheating with this guy. That's doing something rather than I am bad. Mm -hmm. That's shame. And that's in in what I hear you saying. And and I too, throughout so much of my life, just felt I was inherently bad. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just recently did, I think it was like a TikTok where I talked about, you know, speaking up and speaking out and where I've always felt I couldn't speak up or speak out about my family situation because we weren't supposed to quote unquote, tell the family secrets. And if I did speak up, I felt like I was really bad, bad, like a bad girl, you know? And so that's what keeps us stuck and in that place. And then let's, let's bring it all the way full circle to what we were talking about in the beginning about the fitness and training is that then we do the same thing to ourselves when we're working out, like going back to that perfectionism piece, if we're not being perfect and working out or eating in a perfect way, then at least for me, I started shaming myself and feeling like I was so bad because especially like I was, since I was I think around seven years old, I've been a compulsive overeater. I can remember at the age of seven, um, sitting with a half a gallon of ice cream in front of me 
or a whole package of Oreos and just going through the entire sleeve, not even knowing how much I was eating, not even tasting it, but just shoving it in my mouth. Yeah. Now, now one can say maybe a little bit, there's some genetics to that because my mom was a compulsive overeater and so many family members were as well. But I also know that there was a time where I started to use that to, to deal with the pain, to deal mm-hmm. with when I was trying to escape feeling certain emotions or pain, I would just eat. Yeah. So I was little, I was a little girl. It's like, I, I didn't even have control over it, but yet as a teenager and, and, a, and my adult years when I was overweight would feel so ashamed for it. And I would go to friends houses, like when I was in high school and they, they wouldn't need to sit there and eat a whole thing of cookies. Uh, It didn't appear like, at least they didn't do it in front of me. So it was like, but I wanted, like, if I was sleeping over, I like, I wanted food, but I couldn't get it. And I felt like there was something inherently wrong with me. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you have like any thoughts on that? to share yeah it's actually it's very common it's very very common and we always say you know we're we're numbing out with food we're numbing you're not really numb though you're getting high you're getting Mm -hmm. high on food these hyper palatable foods like ice cream sugary carbs fat they release dopamine in our brain and we get high and then we don't feel the bad feelings we only feel the good stuff that's happening and it also triggers that survival instinct in our brain that says eat the food that's available like sugar and fat we are it's in our dna to eat all that until it's gone because we don't know when the next famine or when the next available food will be will be there so we have yeah. this like caveman thing in us still to eat it until it's gone and so it it works hand in hand like the the binge eating the carbs the fats then we feel guilty then we shame ourselves well, then we need to get high again to feel <laughs> to feel better. And so we eat some more. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but you just really simplified it. It's so true. Like that is what happens. That is totally what happens. So let's just then talk for a minute about then what's your approach and how do you help people to a not be in this perfectionistic place and if they are in that kind of looping how how do you what's your approach to helping people to overcome this Mm -hmm. the number one place to start is self-love basically and it's figuring out in your own mind who you want to be like what is your most ideal version of self and loving her enough to start creating her to start building the lifestyle that she would lead Mm -hmm. so you are creating your best self not perfect not what you think 
perfect you looks like, but it's you. It's what you feel on the inside, what you want to be. If you could be anything, who is she? And then you start creating her. And it has nothing to do with the food you're eating. It has nothing to do with the number on the scale. It's it's about the actions. It's about the behaviors. Like, how does this woman act and live her life and then do that? And so I can relate to that because I've been doing that over the course of uh, many years now. And it. so how do you... So if there's someone that's listening and says, okay, yep, Jessica, that's all well and good. I had, I can create her. I can see her. What happens when, all right, for the first week, I'm doing really well. Second week, maybe months, I'm doing really well. And then like, mm, I, you know, I'm slipping up. I can't keep creating. I'm not getting the, I'm not getting where I want to be with her. Like, mm -hmm. and it's just not happening. I'm not getting the outcome that I want. Mm -hmm. How do you help someone to stay the course? So that's where we, I like to look at the brain mm -hmm. and the different, the different areas of the brain that are there. And also our soul, like our spirit, our true essence, because that's, who we want to keep the hands on the wheel. We want our true essence to be the one in the driver's seat. And so when these other thoughts come in that are trying to self-sabotage or, you know, maybe not, maybe not shaming ourselves, but starting to say, oh, well, you're not losing the weight you're not getting the results, you've been doing all the things, that is still just a sneaky way that part of the brain starts whispering in your ear to get you off course, to get your hands off the wheel, to set you up for that binging behavior or those other behaviors that caused you to gain weight in the first place. Because most of my clients are trying to lose weight. And so it's recognizing that voice and those whispers are not your true essence. And so you, you really, you have to define for yourself. It's like journaling is a great way. Affirmations are a great way. Powerless are a great way. So like I said before, when you figure out what that ideal version of you is, write it down. So it's in front of your eyes. And anytime those whispers or thoughts start to come in, you look at that list or that affirmation or that journal entry of your ideal self and any thought that comes in that is not in alignment with that, you know that it's that self-sabotaging part of your brain trying to take over. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think we had talked the last time too about being really going along with that self-saboteur, self-sabotaging thoughts, the inner dialogue of even being mindful of, because I've said it so many times, when I lose 20 pounds, then, then I'll be happy when I lose 20 pounds. 
I've lost 20 pounds and gained 20 pounds so many times over my life. And I cannot say that I have, you know, been happier when I lost the weight. Did I feel better? Yes, of course. When I'm lighter, thinner, I feel better in my body, but it didn't, um, make me feel whole. Like you're talking about that essence. It wasn't in still you. I was still me. I was still yeah. the old me with all the old patterns, with all the masks. I was still wearing the masks. Like when I did that Weight Watchers after having my son, yeah, I lost 25 pounds, but I still was wearing all the masks and I was still just as miserable because I was this people pleasing, perfecting, performing person that couldn't show up fully, fully authentic. I couldn't show mm-hmm. up in my wholeness. I didn't know what the freak that meant to show up in my wholeness. It wasn't until like, you know, just doing the recovery work and staying on the path and just, you know, little by little, um, taking the masks off and healing. I had to heal Mm -hmm. all of the pain and all of those wounds from childhood or that I came into this lifetime with that I could really understand what it meant to come from wholeness and how to unhook from all those patterns. So, Mm -hmm. and being able to be aware, like you just said, the mind, like, oh my God, the thoughts, my, my patterns, my mind will freaking, you know, and and it's meant to do that. Our minds are meant to do that, to keep us safe, you know, but we're not living in the cave days where the bears around the corner and going to attack. We, we have a more evolved brain now, and now we can learn how to source our own safety. We can learn how to source our own love. And not only that, but we were conditioned throughout throughout society that we were conditioned and trained to look outside of ourselves. Like the way our education system is set up. Yeah. Grades and sports and accolades were set up to look outside of ourselves for validation and worth. We're not trained or taught how to go inward. Yeah. So I I think that um, it is a journey for sure, but I love what you're saying about the essence part, the wholeness part, having the hands on the wheel and Mm -hmm. filling when, when we can really truly get to a place of filling our cups from within And I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I feel like everything else just eventually falls into place. Not perfectly, but more so. Yes. Well, and that's that's the key is, so instead of being attached to the end result, you you focus on these self-care practices because in my opinion, you know, exercise proper nutrition that is self-care there's different levels of discipline within those things but it is self-care and committing to those daily like this is how I'm eating this is how I'm training this is how I'm drinking this is how I'm sleeping I am committed to these daily habits day after day after day no matter what because I am so committed to me and being the best version of me for myself. I don't care if I ever weigh this certain number. 
I don't care because I have built so much confidence and so much personal power in just that daily process of sticking to my habits, no matter what, that it doesn't matter. Like I'm untouchable because I've cultivated this power within myself just with those daily habits. Yeah, I love that. And you know what? And and again, just to be mindful of the whole perfection thing for anyone who's listening, if you miss, like, if you happen to miss a day, like that's okay. Like if one of your practices, I'm going to meditate for 10 minutes every day, but you miss one, mm-hmm. it's not all or nothing. Just, okay. Next, right. the next day you pick up on it. You just pick up. Well, and that's it. That's the other piece is if, you know, I call them it's stacking wins for the day. Or so you take a W or you take an L. Maybe you, something happened that day. You were sick. You overslept. So whatever. You take an L for the day and that's it. You don't beat yourself up about it. You don't, you don't even think about it. Because if you do, then that's that, that saboteur is waiting to be like, yes, yes, you piece of crap. Let's go have a binge party. You ruined it. So (laughs) you just say, oh, okay, that happened. I learned now on, on to the next day. Like I'm going to get a W the next day instead of an L. Yeah, that's beautiful. So throughout this whole conversation, you have given so many, um, gems and jewels. And I'm just wondering as we, um, conclude, is there one thing I know it's hard to just pinpoint one, but one thing, one takeaway for the listeners that you would want to give. One takeaway. Just that everything, every result in your life is just feedback. It's neutral. It's not positive or negative. And if there's lessons in, in all of it. And if you're just unattached to the positive or the negative and you just take it as feedback, that gives you more strength than anything else. Mm, that's awesome. How can people find you? Because they need to find you. Like I said to yeah. you before we started recording, that just listening to your videos, um, your TikToks, I already changed up and switched up a commitment that I now am making to myself. So thank you. You're super helpful. But if people want to find you, where can they find you? Well, I'm on TikTok and Instagram as Jessica Lynn Trainer. That's all one word. And then I also have a free Facebook group for women specifically called ignite her we do a lot of different type of posting in there different from instagram and tiktok it's more of a community there's a lot of connecting between members it's not just me talking and giving advice there's there's a real community of support there and then my regular facebook is just jessica hyatt Awesome. And you do one-on-one coaching? Like how do you work mm-hmm. with people? 
I do I do online coaching, online training, nutrition, and my paid clients were in a private Facebook group where you get a lot more value, kind of similar to the the value I provide on TikTok and Instagram, but a lot more in depth with the actual processes for self-worth and discipline and on top of the nutrition and training. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you again for being here today. Such a great conversation. You were awesome in taking off your mask today. I really appreciate that again. Thank you for having me. That was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. So thank you everybody for tuning into another episode of Masks Off. I highly encourage that you look up Jessica, reach out to her. I'm sure you won't regret it. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, we would love if you left us a comment, if you have any questions, and then to like or subscribe. So until next time, take care, everybody. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to take the next step to overcoming your people-pleasing and perfectionistic tendencies, reach out to me at kimgrosscoaching.com for a free discovery call. Also, if you liked what you heard today, I would love it if you subscribed or left a review. And remember, remove your masks and create the life that you desire.